You're listening to Comedy Central. I was in Atlanta when they got two inches of snow and shut the whole city down. And I was walk, walk, running around the airport acting like an asshole, man. Like, Y'all don't know what cold is, smacking people. Like, why you smack me? That's what Chicago wind feels like, bitch. Touche. Touche, sir. But I met this one lady, man. She must have been her last day, or she, or she just don't give a fuck. I walked up to her, man, and I promise you, I, I was being cool. I was like, hey, uh, we've been waiting here about five hours. Uh, do you have any kind of updates, anything you could possibly tell us? If you don't, it's cool. I know it's real hectic. You know people getting on your nerves. She doesn't answer me at all. <laughs> she jumped right on the intercom. Thank you for choosing Delta Airlines. This is Tanya. Now I know some of y'all got questions. I got questions too. But right now, we ain't boarding the plane because we can't find the captain. I don't know. I don't see him, so I don't know. So if you got any other questions, I'm gonna need you to be like Superman, lifting a Mustang and hold your horses. Thank you. I don't know why everybody's so mad about these two inches shutting the whole city down because I shut down every time I see two inches. You hear me, girls? <laughs> we are Facebook friends now because that was gangster. <laughs> she ended with a solid closer. She, she breathed on the intercom at her job. You can't do that. <laughs> She's the Trump of Delta, and I loved it. That was Chris Redd from his album, But Here We Are, which is out on all streaming services right now. Welcome to Stand Up with Chris DiStefano. Hello. I'm, hello. I'm Chris DiStefano. With me, my co-host, Nicole Boyce, a.k.a. Nicole, no last name. Yes. Even though I just said your last name. Why? That's not, but, yeah, but we're just going to get Whatever the fans. We're just going to get the fans to just, your name's going to be Nicole, no last name. Yeah. I don't Let's know get why. It trending. I just like it. And if it doesn't work and if it doesn't catch on in five episodes, I'm just going to give you another nickname. Okay. Nicole, it's not going to stop. <laughs> we'll keep going until... Just so you understand. That's, that's fine what with it is. Me. That's what it is on this podcast. We're going to give our we're going to get we give people nicknames. That's an important part of the podcast. The most important part of the part, podcast is we talk about stand up yes. all day, every day. And we listen to stand up. And we listen to stand up and we talk about insider stand up. We talk about general public knowledge stand up. I got a lot of behind the scenes shit about stand up. We're going to play clips from anybody who's ever done stand up on Comedy Central ever, which is pretty much any comedian you've ever heard of. Yes. There's not a comedian you haven't heard of that hasn't done stand up on Comedy Central. If they haven't oh, done stand on Comedy Central, you've probs, magobs, never heard of them, yep, and that's, that's okay. That's no one's ever heard of me. They just haven't been chosen yet. <laughs> no, no, people have heard of you now. They're not going to know where to find you because I will not say if your last not name. not say my name. <laughs> I've said it once on episode two, and our diehard fans- I'll bleep it out. <laughs> are going to know that there is one time, in 20 years from now, when, this is, when we're like dead- from like drug 20 over, years? 20 years ago. We're gonna, because I'm 24. Nicole. I can't be dead. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Oh let me tell you what's going to happen. Okay. This podcast is going to get so huge that we're going to be selling out arenas in a couple of years. And then we're just going to be so hot. Strung out on yeah. drugs. One day I'm going to suggest me and you go do whippets and jump out of an airplane with and no parachute I'll and we're going to yes. die. And you're going to say yes because we think we're fucking invincible. Because we're doing we're, it for stand-up. But we're going to go down in history uh-huh. and then our true our true fans will know that trivia question, what's the one and only time Chris Stefano <laughs> said Nicole's last name and it's going to be the opening <laughs> intro of the second episode. And that's just what it is, okay? And we're, I'm, I'm, you know, so that, that, that's what I'm, it is here. 
looking forward to our future together. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it too. We should adopt a fucking cat. Should we have like a podcast animal? Let's get a, podcast. Uh, a let, mascot. We got to have a mascot. a mascot. So somebody Podcasting. we got to we got to bring in a stuffed animal. Maybe I'll get one of my daughter's stuffed animals she doesn't want anymore. Okay. And that'll be our podcast stuffed animal. We're well, just going to leave it in here. I'm a lesbian like five cats follow me wherever I go. Absolutely. So we just grab one bring of in one of your lesbian cats. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> that first of all Chris yes. Red from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he's cute, crushing it. Cute kid. He recorded that album, but here we are mm-hmm. um, at Comedy Club on State in yeah, Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. which is the capital. I love capital. I'm Chrissy State Capitals. Um, What's the capital? Texas. Austin. That's an easy Nicole, one. <laughs> listen, if you're going to ask me <laughs> once, you, I mean, like, what the, what, wh- are you new uh, here? What the fuck is happening? I know. <laughs> why, why did you do that? Uh, why did you ask me the easiest okay, one? Uh, uh, I can't think of it. Colorado. Denver. I Nicole, almost, get out. <laughs> I almost said Denver. What's the capital of Denver? No, Nicole. Florida? Tallahassee. Okay. Just stop. <laughs> um, What's your favorite comic from Florida? My favorite comic from Florida? Good call. Good question. Either Brian Regan, I believe he's from Florida. Oh. Um, Mike Lawrence is from Florida. I like Mike. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting. Oh, Kevin Barnett. He was from Florida. KB. Yeah. RIP KB. He was from Florida. Um, but so that that comedy club, comedy club on state in Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So there's pretty every comedy club is great. And I really mean that there are (laughs) like the good comedy clubs. You know who you are. The bad comedy clubs. You know who you are because, you know, nobody's performing there. Yeah. So but the good clubs, it's like, you know, but but comedy club on state. Is like amongst comics, Mm -hmm. like in the top five of the best clubs in the country. So the top five in any different order from comedians' points of view, I'm not talking about theaters or anything. I'm just talking about traditional comedy clubs you'll have. And again, no particular order. Okay. Comedy Club on State, yeah. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Denver Comedy Works. Yeah. In Denver, yeah. Colorado, yeah. which is the capital. Which is the capital of Colorado. <laughs> Gotham Comedy Club in Manhattan, which is not the capital of New York. The capital is Albany. I am learning so much today. <laughs> but Gotham Comedy Club is three. Acme Comedy Club uh-huh. uh, in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. is, And the last one is the DC Improv. Those are the five that pretty much everybody's like, we love these rooms. You can't fail there. Yeah. They have everything perfect. So what, what's perfect about a comedy club to a comedian's point of view, from a comedian's point of view, is number one, low ceilings. That's like one of the most important why, parts. Why? Because the, the higher the ceiling, the more the laughs kind of disperse in the air and they don't get, they don't oh. get trapped. They don't, with a low ceiling. Okay. Like Denver Comedy Works, like Gary Goldman has to sit in a chair. Like that's how low <laughs> the ceilings are. So, so that's. And he's only five feet tall. And he's only five feet tall. So that's, that's so why. So has low ceilings. Low ceilings, number one. Okay. Two, all, pretty much the audience, every, every seat, every chair. Yeah. Or table is facing the stage. There's not a uh, bad seat. There's nobody okay. behind you. Okay. There's nobody elevated. They're all yeah. on your plane. Okay. On, you know, you're on the stage and you're yeah. a couple of feet higher than them, but yeah. they're all pointed directly at you. And two, uh, good lighting and a good sound. Uh, three, good lighting and a good sound okay. system. So okay. if those clubs have all that. Because here's the thing. Here's the truth of this situation. Okay. <laughs> Let's Listen. Get in. Let's get into the For truth. a long time, I started headlining in 2014. And I was pretty much, you know, some, you know, I, I had fans. I definitely, you know, hey, but it was getting yeah. better, but it, it wasn't, it never sold out. It was not, it was like, and there were good shows and I was happy to be there, but I'm going to be honest, I was Chrissy Flyers. And what I mean by that is like people were getting flyers or Chrissy flyers, emails yeah, where yeah. it's like flyers, <laughs> the, the club is flyering, mm-hmm. it's handing out flyers mm-hmm. for their business. Mm-hmm. They're sending emails for their business. And it's just like somebody's just showing up to the club. They don't know who the comedian necessarily right. is, but they're just there for a good time on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. So that's a different dynamic than what's going on with me now since my special size 38 waist came out on Comedy Central the last four weekends that I've had DC Draft House Philly Punchline Denver Comedy Works and Gotham Comedy Club all sold out that's so, great. Congrats, Chris. Thank That's so exciting. You, thank you. No, it's because of you guys. This so, podcast is going to du- triple your oh, numbers. 100%. 1,000%. 1,000%. 
100%. And again, it's not slammed out. It's not slammed for me like Thursday to Sunday, sold out before I even get there. But the fact that they're even coming and it's I'm selling out yeah. and, and I'm getting these bonuses is just like a new thing for me. And what I realized was it's like the comedy clubs that like do it right, yeah. like when you're performing for your fans, it yeah. really makes a difference. Because yeah. even the rooms that I mentioned that are so good, if they're half empty – then like it doesn't matter how good right. the lighting it does, is. It yeah, doesn't yeah, matter yeah, how yeah. good the sound yeah. system is. It doesn't matter if there's low ceilings. You just don't want to be there as yeah. a comedian because you're you take it personal. It's hard not to take it personal right. when you're going there to a city and there's ten people there. It's just like and you've done your job in yeah. the promotion. It's really hard to not take it personal because it just means like people don't care because you feed up the audience so of much. Of course, of yeah. course, it's the biggest part. Oh, and you know what's another good thing about yeah. those clubs I mentioned? For the most part, they all have like cl- comedy club on state in Madison. Yeah. They're sold out no matter who's on the bill, so that's great. Oh, the only just way like favorites of the community. Madison, Wisconsin, just for whatever reason, they just love coming to comedy shows. Like that's they just cool. love it. So those clubs are great, and that's where Chris Red performed his um, album. Yeah, his but album. here we are. And uh, that's why I mentioned it. So we do a lot of the Comedy Central Records albums we record there because at it is at Comedy Club on State. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Because it is so yeah, so good. For and it's albums. Own, it's owned by a Greek family. It's great. That's so, really cool. What did you do? Did you do any spots this weekend? What'd you do? No, I any did shows? a lot of writing this weekend. Well, that's fine. I didn't do any. Well, spots. what do you want to do? Do you want to do writing or do you want to do stand up? What's your goal? I do a lot of writing. Okay. Because I like to get those credits because those are helpful to me. Like yeah. starting out young. So it's good to have to be able to say like I've been published in these places right. or whatever. That's my MO now. I don't know if you have other advice for me. No, though. no, no. No. Well, I think you can use stand up if you don't want to be a professional stand up. I think you can use stand up like in so many other ways. Like you, a good way to test your writing is to go, Just go try stand it up, yeah, read yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. If it's getting laughs yeah. when you're reading, it's yeah. going to get, if, it, if, if it's getting laughs, like if you're just reading it. Yeah. On, Two people in a comedy club, it's yeah. going to get laughs when people are reading it in a magazine yeah. or a, it's 100%. Is it vice versa? Does vice versa work? What do you mean? Like if someone laughed like we're reading something, do you think that would still crush um, in live? I don't I, I don't think so the I don't same know. way. Well, it all to stand up. You know what really? Do you want me to be 100% crystal yeah, clear fucking brutally honest with you? Stand up with Chris and Stephanie. We're going to get honest. Let me, keep, let me be crystal clear right now. Yeah. And some comedians who are strictly joke writers are not going to agree but i'm te- nicole people won't it. agree with me but i am like 100 percent when it comes to stand-up comedy yes far and away the number one thing so i'm talking about not a little bit more so much more okay than being okay. a good joke writer yeah. by the way being a good joke writer is insanely important yeah but like i one? can't explain to you how much more important it is than being a good joke writer is to be likable. Your likability, the comedians who are fantastic joke writers who have absolutely zero likability on stage are just not gonna make it in stand-up. The crowd doesn't care. After 55 minutes of hearing your great jokes that are tweets Uh with no character behind them, people are like, why did I, I could have just read this. They need something to. But the comedians who come out and are all, who are, unbelievable joke writers plus stage presence yeah. and extreme likability, then you start to have people like Kevin Hart, you know, David Tell. These yeah. people start yeah, to yeah. blow up and they start to be Jim Gaffigan because the likability- Because they're likable. Because the, they got both things. So I feel like sometimes I'm talking to my comedian, you know, some comedians, I'm like, oh, you know, so-and-so, why isn't, why, you know, amongst comedians, like, how come so-and-so doesn't get more? Why do you think so-and-so didn't uh-huh. get this? Or why is so-and-so- doing comedy 25 years and they're uh-huh. still doing you know the Des Moines Funny Bone which is a fine <laughs> club but it's like you know if you're doing 25 years you want to be onto theater and stuff sure, and it's like sure, yeah. well I mean to me it's always be... been it's like well they're great joke writers but they have no likability why am I paying to see you right. I want to be fucking I want to see you like or, I, or else I could just read your shit right. but you have yeah, my yeah, point yeah. the reason why I bring it up is yeah. you have a lot, a lot of likability so don't oh, just be a fucking stupid writer Okay. No, work out work on my no. <laughs> I'm well, trying no, I'm to saying, win you over get right out now. There. You've won me over. Okay. Get on get on I'm telling you. Get on stage. Well, then I'm all set. Get on stage. I'm gonna go write, right now. <laughs> write those jokes and then get on and perform them. Okay. All right, we're gonna do it. 
Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, we've been talking about stand up. You want to let's get into yes. Stand-up. Who's who's ready? Who's wet for stand up? I am. Me. I'm soaked. I got to Thou- put on my seatbelt. Just thousands of people raise their hands. raise their hands. I'm gonna slip off of my seat. <laughs> who do you want to go? Who are we going next? We got two stand up clips. We're going go. back to back. Yeah, we're going holy shit. Double penetration to back. I love that it. Is the <laughs> professional term? Yes. Um, Cristela Alonzo. Love we her. Got a track from her, and then David Tell. What? I picked David Tell just wow. for Wow. Okay, so we'll talk about these after. Listen to Cristela Alonzo and David Tell. So I'm in my 30s, and I've only had one boyfriend in my life. Um, and I think it's weird, too, because I'm obviously so pretty. <laughs> but and I think that's my mom. Mija, <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. Uh, I also have to tell you that I have a thing for Jewish guys. I love Jewish guys. Like, you know how guys get excited when they see, like, hey. <laughs> Where did you first get this fetish from? Uh, it's because I grew up in South Texas and I grew up with Mexicans. So then when I moved to New York, I thought Jewish guys were so exotic that I was like, oh my God. I like, yeah. So I was uh, doing an open mic and I met this guy and he was a stand-up comic too, he still is. And we started talking and he was really nerdy, like pale, black glasses, you know, and I was like, yes, this guy. And 30 minutes into the conversation, he tells me he's Jewish. And in my, like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But in my mind, I'm like, love it, right? I'm like, oh, I'm on board, right? He's a Jewish guy in Dallas. It was like a unicorn. And (laughs) we ended up going out on a date, and he tells me on the date that he is a part-time cop. And I have a fear of cops because they tend to be not nice to me in my life. So we went out on our first date and we ended up hitting it off. We start dating. We're like maybe a month into dating, right? And we decide that we're going to have a romantic trip to New York. We're going to go on Thanksgiving, right? And we're so excited and I'm like loving it. And the moment we start planning the trip, he becomes Clark Griswold from National Lampoon. It's like he gets really anal. He's like, all right, we're going to go traveling. That's my Jewish accent. And he's like, we're going to go traveling and we need to make it easy for security. So don't wear any belts to set off the metal detector. Don't put on any shoes with laces, like save time, liquids, gels, three ounces, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I've flown before. Thank you. So then we go. And we get in line at the security line, right? And this guy, he's just like, hey, remember, man, like, if you're wearing a belt, take off your belt. I'm like, I get this, okay? I'm not wearing a belt, good. We get in the security line, I go through, no problem, right? He gets in the other line, and he walks through, and then all of a sudden, it's like, eh, eh, his bag, right? So I'm like, whoa, whoa, something with the bag, we gotta look inside the bag, right? looks inside the bag, this old white guy that works at TSA is like, whoa, we gotta shut security down. Shut security down, they send 200 people away to another security gate, we don't know why, right? This guy, the old white guy, starts swabbing the bag, right? And it comes back positive for explosives. (laughs) Then I hear the old white guy say, whoa, Nelly. Guy looks at the bottom of the bag and takes out a 40 caliber Glock. I start thinking, oh my God, this is not fucking happening. They get the gun, they put me against the wall, they pad me down, mind you, my white boyfriend isn't getting any of this shit. They're like, oh, you brought the gun? Brown girl, come here. I'm like, oh, all right. This is weird, all right. So after that, they have to call the police department that he was a cop at to make sure he wasn't lying. They verify, hey, he's a real cop, right? They let us go. I go to the plane and I think, fuck this guy. If I never see him again, I'm going to New York by myself, right? He sits next to me. 
And the entire time we're just sitting like this, I'm looking outside the window. He looks like this, he's looking at me. An hour into the flight, I finally look at him and say, well, at least the fucking belt didn't set off the fucking metal detector. So I travel a lot. I hate traveling, I guess, because my dad used to beat me with a globe. <laughs> Stay with me. Some things are the same wherever you go. Like, if it feels like more than two fingers, it's probably a dick. <laughs> Mm, the jury's out. <laughs> the crowd is divided on that one. I was in Dayton, Ohio. You ever been there? Yeah? You know what's a fun thing to do there? Pack up and get the fuck out of there. It's boring. During the day, we played the game of horseshoes. Have you ever played that game? Yeah. That must have been invented before fun, because it's not. There's only two ways for that game to end. Either this sucks, let's do something else or ow, you hit me with the horseshoe. <laughs> you ruined my night vision. Here's a travel tip. Never ever pack when you're high. You get there, you open your bag, nothing matches. For the whole trip, all you have to wear is a Hawaiian shirt, an oven mitt, and a lava lamp. That's all you got. The rest of the bag is full of cookie dough and Hot Wheels trucks. <laughs> and for some reason, an anal thermometer. I didn't even know they still made those. You know, they got a luggage store in the airport, a place to buy a piece of luggage. How late do you have to be for a flight? Where you're like, fuck it, just grab a pile of shit. We'll get a bag at the airport. Put on a few layers and we'll figure it out at the airport and bring a poncho. There you have it. You just heard two back-to-back -back clips, one from Cristela Alonzo, uh, her bit about flying with a Jewish boyfriend, her story about flying with a Jewish yes. boyfriend from uh, the Comedy Central show, This Is Not Happening. And then you just heard David Tell from Skanks for the Memories, his bit about travel. I mean, classic. The classic. I mean, I'll talk about Attell first. Yeah, for, So Attell, first of all, that album, Skanks for the Memories, yeah. I can I know every word. Like I've listened to Skanks for the Memories yeah. maybe a hundred times. <laughs> it's like it's like it's every comedian David Tell is every comedian's favorite comedian. Or yeah. for the most yeah. part, he's yeah. he's a, a comics comic. comic. They love comics you know, comic. when you talk about David Tell, you talk about Stephen Wright, um, Colin yeah. Quinn. These guys are the yeah. comics. Every uh, Doug Stanhope. I mean, people. Yeah. These are the comics. Comics. It's like the general public. Of course, they, everybody knows who Attell is, but it's like they may not be, you know, as famous as the other guys. But like comedians. Right. Here's how you know. Yeah. Here's a little another insider tip. Yeah. Here's how you know as a comedian if you're respected by your peers. If you're headlining at Gotham mm -hmm. or Caroline's, mm -hmm. and on that Sunday show, that usually do one show Sunday at seven o'clock. That Sunday show, if the comedians show up. Mm -hmm. To watch you, that's how you know. Like wow. when when David Tell, I'm sorry, when Doug Stanhope was um, at Caroline's, this was maybe six years ago. He's headlining the Sunday show. Like I saw in the back, Attell was there, Artie Lang was there, Colin Quinn was Whoa. there, Todd Barry was there, oh, um, shit. Keith Robinson. So like everybody came because it's like it's Stanhope. Everybody loves Stanhope, and the show yeah. wasn't sold out. I mean, he sold a lot of tickets, but like sure. the Sunday show wasn't sold out. It was just his main fans. For the most part, as comedians, we know. Thursdays and Sundays is when the real true comedy fans will come because they know Thursdays and Sundays you're most likely going to get the best performance from the comedian because Thursday you're just getting there, you're trying out your new shit, all the little quirks sure, about the room, sure. you're just fitting in. And then Sunday you're happy because you're going home the next day. So you're going to be the best version of yourself oh, that's Thursdays and Sundays okay. where Friday and okay. Saturday – Typically, the shows are usually sold out or have a lot of tickets sold for anybody. Yeah. So you got to do that, like, you know, kind of general set right. sometimes. How is the, the crowd's different, too, then, probably? Friday, the, Friday, for the Saturday? So, okay. So here's a, here's another. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's fucking, yeah. I'm Chrissy Quotes today. Yeah. So, so the Friday night, typically, the Friday night late show. Yeah. So the Friday night, 10, yeah. 9 or 10 o'clock, whenever mm -hmm. it starts, that second show on a Friday, mm -hmm. is typically the 
hardest show of the week. Think about the person who's at a Friday night late comedy show. Okay. He or she is most likely, or they, have been most likely working all day. Sure. Right? All day. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 they've went out right after work because most likely if you go home after a Friday night, after a Friday work shift, you're not coming back out for you're a 10 o'clock comedy show. You're not back out. You're, you're all, staying home. You're st- yeah, you're staying home. So the only reason why you are at the show is because you've been out drinking. Right, okay. that's not a okay. sober decision yeah. to yeah. come to the Friday night late, late show. show. You'd okay. rather be at the Friday early show or the Saturday night late show. So usually the Friday night late show is for people that wanted to drink and have an after work okay. function and okay. have fun and went okay. to dinner yeah. and are boozed up yeah. and they're walking in at 9.30, 9.45. Uh-huh. That's when the show starts. Or they couldn't get tickets for any other show because they were sold out and that's not really the show they want to be at so they're in a bad mood. So typically mm. you'll have a crowd that's either drunk or pissed. Okay. And by the time <laughs> the headliner gets up yeah. an hour, 45 minutes into the show, so it's already late for a Friday if you've been up since 6 a.m. Right. Yeah. The yeah. first 25 minutes, you're dealing with the crowd drinking a little bit more, mm-hmm. potentially mm-hmm. heckling. Maybe you have them. Maybe yeah, you yeah, get yeah, them. Yeah, sure. But comedy clubs, what they do is it's a business. So they have to drop checks. When yeah. people, when the comedy clubs drop the checks in the crowd, it divides the audience because now check spot. Check spot. the check spot, things aren't so funny anymore. Now you realize it's a hundred dollars. Now you realize yeah, it like, was $12 a beer. Yeah. Five drink minimum. Yeah. And yeah. mozzarella sticks that they got from, you know, the supermarket, they just charge right. you 15 right. bucks right. for that right. for have to have frozen mozzarella sticks and cold yeah. marinara. Now yeah. shit just got real. Yeah. So you're, and you're dividing the bill with your table. Right. So you're not paying it. The comedian now most likely has, it's so hard to keep your, the crowd's attention, yeah. especially on a Friday Night Late Show where people are already drunk and tired. Now they're just not going to listen because yeah. a musician, you can zone in and out in yes. music. You can yes. zone in and out. Yes. It's okay. You want to yeah. feel the vibe. Comedian, you missed one word of our set, of our joke. You're going to miss the punchline. You. You're going to miss the it's joke. It's the likability thing because it's all about yeah. them. You're staying on. You're on the train with them. You're yeah. like following exactly. where they go. Yeah. So that's why now when I'm when the check spot comes for me, especially on the Friday Night Late Show, I'm doing crowd work. I'm in the crowd trying to keep oh, individuals' okay. attention because okay. they're not going to listen to my jokes, especially if it's like a newer joke and it's not that well thought out yet. Sure. It's like I'm sure. going to have no choice but to go okay. into the crowd. So you keep them on their toes. Keep them on their toes. Okay. So that's why- A little tip. A little tip. But a, t- a guy like David Tell, yeah. Skanks for the Memories, Denver Comedy Works, like that, and yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. good thing about comedy clubs that I mentioned, like a place like Denver Comedy Works, they yeah. don't even, dr- they drop the checks after the shows. Like they right, just, right, right, right. clubs that don't yeah. have check spots are like, we love you because you're giving the comedian a fair chance to get his or her jokes up across right, with right, the right, audience yeah. listening. And Skanks for the Memories was recorded Skanks at Denver the Comedy Works. At Denver Comedy yeah, Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and David Tell's like, boom, 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 hit, hit, hit. Yeah, yeah. And then what we heard before that, Cristela Alonso yeah. on This Is Not Happening. By the way, Cristela Alonso's fucking home run comedian. I mean, yeah. she got a sitcom picked up yeah. on ABC. Yeah, yeah. That's like, you don't understand how hard that is to get a fucking get a sitcom, sitcom on a network. I mean, it's like impossible. I've been trying I mean, for dude, 24 years. <laughs> listen to me. I had the experience. I had a pilot, filmed it, everything. It didn't get picked up. Now you can find that script in a toilet in Burbank, California. But, hey, that's where I'm from. Whoa, there we go. <laughs> I'm so going to go look for it. Find Nicole's, no <laughs> last gonna... name, and my script, both in toilets <laughs> in fucking Burbank. Both on the toilet. Um, so so I. It, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm happy I did it. Yeah. I'm happy I did it, but I mean, it's just like... It was too. It was too much. It was so much. It's so like that's how I don't think that's what America wants anymore. This shiny fucking sitcom. You know what yeah. they want? You know what they want? What do they they want, want? They want my cartoon on Comedy Central. That's what uh, they want. I have a cartoon. Uh, I'm gonna pull a Hannibal right now. My p- cartoon on Comedy Central just got picked up. Woo! Every episode is us. Just Every episode, for ten seasons. Also, pull a Hannibal. A one dollar raise for Nicole. Thank you. A one dollar raise for Nicole. <laughs> um, but but I want to just real quickly. I just want to say because yeah. Christella told a great story about yeah. flying with her Jewish boyfriend. This is not happening. A storyteller on, show. On this yeah. is not happening, which is a storytelling yes. show. So yes. I've seen Christella perform many times and she fucking crushes because she's got she's got a lot of like yeah. punchline 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 yeah storytelling's a totally different art form yeah and she was great at it because she was able to tell the story draw us in be interesting right like at times where she would have hit a punchline in her regular stand-up set yeah she was just being interesting and drawing us in because she had to for the story because right. it's a storytelling show right, right, right so the right. audience when they're told hey this is a storytelling show the whole dynamic of the crowd changes and they'll allow longer pauses 
without being disinterested without, before a laugh. Yeah. If you just start telling stories up there that, at a comedy club, the crowd's gonna be like, wait, I, I want to laugh every 10 seconds. Right, You're, right, right, right. So right. Christelle, so, so that's why that story is able to work so well on a this is not happening because the crowd knows. And Christella, I think, is even more of a beast with it because she still didn't go that long without getting laughs. There was a laugh yeah. every yeah, 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 maybe yeah, yeah. every twenty seconds instead of ten. Right. So it's good. Um but do you like storytelling what do you what are your thoughts storytelling versus like punchline, punchline, punchline? Storytelling versus punch or just I, di- for different scenarios, I guess. I guess yeah, well I inevit I, I think organically I I I veer towards storytelling, yeah. Um, but I'm aware that there needs to be punchlines in there. Sure. But, but it's also like you have to be careful. Like for example, on my special size 38 waist on Comedy Central, <laughs> go to cc.com and it's on demand on the app. I told this story uh-huh. about getting into a fight in high school when I was yeah. a senior in high school. I, yeah. I broke a chair over somebody's head, and then my dad had to. I got thrown out of school, and then my dad threatened to kill the principal the next yes. day if he didn't yes. put me back in school. And all that sort, and that's and it's like a whole five minute bit on my special, mm-hmm. and it's the truth of it is, it's because of what we, you know, it was, when I do that in a comic club, when I did it at the venue that we filmed my special at, I leave a lot of parts out. Like the the truth story oh. is that happened on nine eleven. So mm-hmm. on nine eleven, you know, I though when the second plane hit the second tower, uh-huh. you know, they told us like, hey, there's a terrorist attack. There it was an old boy in high school. They're like, there's a terrorist attack going uh-huh. on right now, uh-huh. and we could see. I could see it from my high school. We we oh, faced downtown. Shit. So we could see it. And I knew my mother worked in the building. She worked on like the 60th floor Jesus. of the second tower that was hit. But she had evacuated. But I didn't know. Nobody knew that. This was on September 11th, 20 minutes after. Like it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Like right. sh- the shit is going down. So I just lost my emotions and I started to cry. I just started crying because I thought my uh-huh. mom, I was certain my mother was dead. And it was just like a shock and wave of emotion. And the, and the kids started to laugh at me. And then I broke a chair over his head. So in a story. Sto- oh, my God. Yeah. So in a storytelling show, like if yeah. I did that on This Is Not Happening, yeah. I would tell everything. And it'd be yeah. a 20, it would yeah. be a 20-minute story. Oh, absolutely. And I would yeah. draw them in and it'd be interesting. And, you know, and all that. In stand-up, once you say 9-11, you better say something funny right away. Because the crowd is yeah. just going to be like, <gasps> We don't want to think about that. Right. So right, right, I right. made choices like in my in my special. Uh-huh. I made a choice. Just leave the 9-11. Leave all don't that 9-11 shit 9/11. out. Just get to the just say I got into a fight in high school. Here's just the funny. Uh-huh. So I think with storytelling, you know, you have you take that risk. If you just right. want to s- just start storytelling, you take that risk. If you say something controversial, people are going to be like, whoa, because sometimes then it that tension, it, the, it's yeah. more satisfying when the when the punchline lands in of the course. story because yeah. you have that like crazy tension of. Yeah. And the audience isn't conditioned. They weren't conditioned. They didn't, they weren't conditioned to hear a real thing about 9-11 right. unless it was the storytelling show. Right. Then they know. Sometimes, and then I would, and like when I did the storytelling, I did this, I did uh, Ari Shafir's storytelling show at the Montreal Comedy Festival uh-huh. uh, last summer. Okay, and when I came, when I when it was my time to go, I just said, "Listen, this is going to be a this story is about my experience with 9/11." You know, I just said that, and then I said oh. something silly after, but I just told them I was like, "This is going to be about September 11th, but it's okay. got a positive ending." Okay. You know, so I so said, you prep them for. I prep them, <laughs> but if I did that, and you know, I mean, I guess I could do that in stand up. I guess I could have, but you know, it's just like you you make choices. You just when right. you're telling a story, you just have to. It's that I feel like that's what being a stand up is. One of the biggest things skills what you need it? as a stand up is, is editing, it? editing yourself, okay. cutting the fat. Like David Tell, when you heard like it, that skanks for the memories and that yeah. travel bit, if you every word no. he's saying, yeah, he's not. There's no fluff. Yeah. Everything he says is. I'm setting you up a punchline. It's like a it's boxer. Crazy. It's like a yeah. boxer is setting you up with jabs, 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 because then the hook and the hook is coming and you're gonna get knocked yeah. out. Like yeah. Muhammad Ali never threw a punch that he um well Muhammad Ali a little bit. He was a little bit of a showboat, but like Floyd Mayweather <laughs> never throws a punch without intention. He just okay. doesn't. And that's like Dave Patel. Dave Patel's the Floyd Mayweather of comedy. Okay, you heard it here first. Th- that's what just it is. Up with yeah, Christelle, dropping Christelle Al- truth. Yeah. Cristela Alonzo's a great storyteller and a great comedian, and I respect her because I um, have a Latina daughter. All right, Kyle Kinane, <laughs> fucking white guy. Chris, I added another white guy just for you oh, on what? this lineup. Oh, no. I don't want any more whites. I hate the whites. Someone said it. Okay. God of thunder, get Kyle let's Kinane. Let's get into the next clip. Kyle Kinane, uh, God of Thunder from Whiskey Icarus, his first album with Comedy Central. All right. I'm trying to be more tolerant, you know, I'm trying, 
There's too many, everybody's got their own thing going on. It's a, it's a waste of time to not be open-minded and learn these things. I'm trying to be tolerant, but it's, it's difficult. That tolerance, it's tested routinely. I was on a flight going from Denver to Chicago, and halfway through my flight, midair, 35,000 feet, guy sitting next to me starts eating pancakes out of a bag. Not like a Ziploc bag with like a little seal and like a, hey, I meant to do this vibe. Like a bag from the store. Not a store that sold pancakes. See, I'm saying like a Foot Locker bag. You get me? They're just loose. They're just loose in there. Like bingo balls, just loose. And there's nothing wrong with what he was doing, morally speaking. But you gotta realize that if you do some wackadoo shit, like eat pancakes out of a shoe store bag on an airplane, you're forcing strangers around you into a world of questions they never anticipated they would ever have to ask. First off, what? First off, all the questions, all of them. First off, every question. Why are you, why? How did you get to this point in your life? Where are you going? Because, like, there's, that's not, how do you wind up, if you're on an airplane, you're on there with purpose. You're fighting gravity to travel through the sky to land on another part of the Earth's crust. Nobody's, nobody's like waking up casually like Amelia Earhart, like, I think I'll take to the skies today. You have purpose. You have reason to fight nature, to go somewhere else. How do you have that purpose in your life, but still do it with hastily packed hobo snacks in your midst? That's not how you catch a plane. You're not like, is this one going southbound? Haven't seen Grapefruit Joe in a while. <laughs> Drop in, we'll share some beans. That's not how you catch a plane. <laughs> Usually getting to an airport, that's your number one priority in the day. I don't care what happens, I'm gonna get to that airport. You can cut, I'll lose a hand, I'll fix it when I get there. Just get me to the airport. This guy was number four or five on his list. This guy was like, I know I got a flight, but it is Tuesday, and you know what happens on Tuesday? Silver dollar flappies, that's what happens. <laughs> Tuesday, silver dollar flapjack day. A lot of people say, hey, how come you make the silver dollar ones? I make them that way, I don't make them full size. I make them smaller, because I can eat more of them, and I get more of a sense of accomplishment. And so, I like to do that, and that's a lot of batter over there, but I'll freeze it off, I don't have to eat them all, but I'll make them all, and I'll freeze them in Ziploc bags, and when I need them, I'll just have them ready. What time is it? Oh, shit, I gotta go! <laughs> What's around? Well, I did buy some new shoes the other day. Foot locker bag, shovel, shovel. Not bindle, boxcar, airport. Woo, made it. And he got on the plane. He's on the plane, meaning we went through security. He went through an x-ray machine. His stuff went through. Pancakes got x-rayed that day. A TSA agent, somebody with a badge and responsibility, if they were fulfilling even a fiber of their requirements of keeping the skies safe, somebody had to at least just like mumble somebody. Um, sir, I'm so, um. Is this a bag of pancakes? It, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pan pancakes, yeah. Well, I've never dealt with it before either. I'm gonna say go ahead. I don't know, I don't know. We might get an earful for this, but right now, bon voyage, that's what I'm gonna say. That was Kyle Kinane from his album, Whiskey Icarus, Icarus? Icarus. Icarus. You know, what fly, is an Icarus? Fly too close to the sun, Icarus. Oh, an Icarus. God, he's so smart, Kyle. I just told you that though, so that makes me kind of smart. No, too. Well, no, but we all—you're smart. Thank you. Of okay. course, <laughs> just absolutely. To you're smart. <laughs> That's but, one of my favorite. <laughs> but you know, bits it's, from that album, the bag of pancakes is like the funniest thing. Well, I've Kyle ever is heard like one life. of those guys where it's just like 
It's a laugh every 10 seconds. Kyle, another guy like David Tell. Yeah. And storytelling yeah. with punchlines. He's amazing yeah. at it, Kyle. And I love Kyle's because Kyle's one of those guys, when he says something, it's so funny, people start to laugh first and then cl- and then clap. Yeah. That as Here's another thing. It's just, I mean, I don't know what's going on. It's my CBD oil. And I started taking these new omega-3 fish oil pills. Oh, and it's just I like fish oil. Oh, sweet. What's your cholesterol? Oh, I don't know. Come on. Seven? Let's test it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about your good cholesterol and bad cholesterol on next week's episode. Okay, I'll, test it. It. I'll test it first. And then we'll um, he, like, because he gets to laugh into the, into the applause break. Like, when a comedian says something and it just gets an applause break we don't like that because then it's like the, it wasn't funny we just made some kind of statement is that it's the like, clapter thing that wasn't seth myers talked about that well clapter but clapter is good it's it, it, as long as the laughs coming first like okay. kyle everybody was laughing and then they were just laughing so much he started clapping because they're like that was so good whereas if it's just clapping it's like just clap. go run for fucking office go be a politician <laughs> we're at a comedy club right, right stop right, telling right. me your points you know yeah, yeah we get it Every, everyone's gonna clap if you it's know kinda, you say it's easy right yeah, yeah. if, if you'd you like do a like, you know say something deport trump and then yeah it's like claps. everyone's gonna clap like <laughs> right. stop so that's why i love kyle because he's he's got it like he gets he, so many applause breaks and it's all the right way yeah. he's so funny sometimes it's hard to take with kyle yeah. every time i see kyle Kinane at like a comedy festival in uh-huh. the city he's always riding a bicycle around the city really he's always either renting a bike or bringing his own bicycle it's because he lives in la so he's so a, he's a bike rider bike rider now bike riding kid i don't really know kyle that well see here's the thing your who you know is dependent on who was in your city when you when were there you came up yeah. so it's like when i came up Kinane had already left new york oh, okay like kyle who'd like you the, come up with like who'd i come up with my class, if you will, I guess you could say class is like who you did new faces. Sure, just yeah, for yeah. laughs, new faces with. Yeah, my just for laughs class was even though Michael Che didn't do just he. Yeah. That's the thing. Like Che just skipped everything. I mean, it's like what the fuck? We were all doing comedy yes. for ten minutes, and this guy's on Weekend Update already. Right. But and the same thing with new faces. He just he was in Montreal for the first time when we all were his class, if you will. But he didn't do new faces. He just went higher. But I started oh. with Che. Okay. Pete Davidson. Okay. Brooks Whelan. Mark Normand. Um, Sam Morrell. Oh, um, I'm like piecing together the vibe. Gerard Carmichael. I like understand a lot more now. Yeah. Kevin Barnett. Who else? Those are good ones. Those are, oh, that's Lil weird. Esther. Esther. Oh, okay. Yeah. Steinberg. Is her last name Stein? What's her last name? I think it's Pavitsky. just Esther. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lil <laughs> Esther. Um, she was, she's great. And there's a big one that I'm just blanking on, right? There's somebody else that was like, Great. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> is the other. But I mean, those, everybody there. Uh, yeah, That's I mean, a great. Some SNL peeps. Those people and, like really influenced your style, you think? Um, I don't know if they influenced my style. Or you just, all just kind of. We all just were in the open mics right, together. Right, right, right. Like right. We, all, we all just were there. How long did you do open mics for before you started? I'm looking for some advice, Chris. Well. How long I got to do is. open mics for? Well, the thing is, it's up to you. It's okay. up. It's, it's, it's depending on how much first of all let me preface all of it by saying i'll still do an open mic i mean i'll still the greatest thing that ever happened to me two great things happened to me that that i think well i don't know if they're great but two things that really stuck out in my head well three things let me tell you the three things (laughs) that real wait what was was you saying i said birth of your daughter birth of my daughter when i just gave birth to her through my pseudo penis um like a hyena that's a that's an organ on a on the go google hyena pseudo penises give birth hyenas the the it's a major listen that's a With, whole nother podcast it's the cap- capital of utah <laughs> salt lake city i mean it's layups um <laughs> so 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 i what are the three things that- okay the three things that really influenced me that yeah. great one when chris mazilli the owner of gotham comedy club when i was at a gotham comedy class when uh-huh. i first started in 2009 uh-huh. chris mazilli told the class only one of you out of all these 20, one of you will maybe be doing it in a year or two, and only one or two of you will hear this next piece of advice. It's only going to, he's, all of you will hear it. It's only going to sink in for maybe one or two of you. Mm. And he said, if you, you need to treat stand up comedy like you're a professional athlete. So, and the sport he picked, which was basketball, which was the sport that I grew up playing. So it really stuck with me. He was like, a professional athlete doesn't just show up on game day and think, they can make free throws and make three pointers and know uh-huh. the offense defense. Uh-huh. All the work is put in when nobody's watching them. 
So mm. people are going to watch you. Yeah. You know, by the time somebody sees you on TV, they they just think you're you know you're coming up right, with it, but right, you're not. Right, you've yeah, done yeah. all the other work. Yeah, so you're yeah, doing yeah. forty open mics a yeah. week. You're writing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. editing. You're yeah. bombing. You're doing all that. Yeah. So I really heard that, yeah. and it stuck with me. So that's Mazzilli's one. Two. The other great thing that happened is I was doing open mics. Uh-huh. Um, I was at Eastville Comedy Club, maybe two years into comedy, two okay. or three years yeah, into yeah. comedy, doing open mics, which I would, like I said, we New York yeah. scene, 30, 40 a week, that's just what we would do. All these guys that run around, Mark Norman, Sam, Michael Chase, do it, Mike Lawrence. I mean, yeah. it was just running to open mics. Like, that's just what we were doing, like fucking nut jobs. And um, I, we were at an open mic, open mic once at Eastville, five people there, uh, like yeah. a Wednesday at five o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, where you I've have done, to pay I've five bucks. Yeah, yeah th- that's <laughs> that's what it is in New York. That's yeah. why the New York scene. I I think people typically say the standups are better, which I know is debatable. But like comics will say, oh, you get really sharp in New York, is because uh-huh. when you go through their most resi- the path of most resistance is here. Like yes, open micers. Like what we have to fu- what we have to deal with. When we're doing open mics. I mean, the crowd is ten comedians who hate you, who are not right. paying attention yeah. to you, who are worried about their own shit. So if They're, you can make yeah, them yeah, laugh. Yeah. You're good. Where yeah. other cities open mics is like a show. It's like on a Thursday at eight o'clock, and there's a hundred right, people there. Right, so it's right. like everybody they want to be positive. New York is like no, everybody wants you to die. Yeah, everyone. So hates you, yeah. so what happened was though I was at East Film, uh-huh. and um, uh, five o'clock open mic, and Jim Gaffigan, who had was already four specials in, was already Jim Gaffigan, like already. I think I saw Jim yeah. Gaffigan at East Film also did a drop in. He dropped in open mic. Yeah, open mic, and he went there. Uh, and he went on stage, at, waited in line like everybody else, no ego, uh-huh. no nothing. What I took from that was like this guy still, even with all his ticket sales and with all he's accomplished, he still, still comes back to an open mic to work on stuff. Okay. And and that stuck with me. And that's why you said, oh, you know, when do you stop doing open mics? It's like I never stop. Okay. I just always do them. Okay. I just I mean, listen, if I have a, a lot of shows, yeah. like real shows, like say I'm at the comedy store, if I'm doing five shows in, yeah, in yeah, one yeah. night, yeah. like now I'm privileged to do that. I would. I would just use one of the shows as somewhat of an open mic in the yeah, sense like if yeah. I'm working on a few new bits, I'll throw them in the middle of one of those shows and treat it the same way. Mm. So that's a, you know, great. That's just like awesome. Yeah. But if I don't have any shows, I'll go to an open mic. I'll fucking go to an open mic with you right now. I don't care. I love it. I don't care what people, I don't care. And, and you know, there's some idiots that like, say, like I didn't know, I didn't open mic two weeks ago. I forgot to tell you this. Okay. I did open my two weeks. It was oh. at Otto Shrunken Head. It was at, oh, yeah. which is on Avenue yeah. B, I believe. Yeah. And it was on three o'clock in the afternoon. Three o'clock in the afternoon, Mike. I went and the host was like, brought me up, and then he was like, "Oh, Chris Stefano, you know, because comedy, you know, uh, comedians, you know, stand up. We all know what's going on with yeah. each other. Yeah. So he knew who I was." And he was like, oh, Jesus, you're here. He's like, Jesus, I guess your career went away. And it's like, no, you fucking <laughs> dummy. You don't understand. Right. Like, you're never, with that attitude, you just not, you're not going to make it. Like, yeah, it was a complete, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, just, you, you can waste your time here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to do comedy for open mics, you know, and you want to host these shows at Auto Shrunken Head for your dumb open <laughs> mics at two, and you want to fucking, it's cathartic for you, and you have a mental illness, and this is help, do it. You're not going to make it as a stand-up. I right, promise right, you that right. kid will never make it. Yeah. I, I just know, because he, he wasn't funny, and his jokes were, you know, stupid. But, <laughs> but the third thing yeah. is yeah, yeah. when I, um, those two things happened. And the third thing I saw uh, was when I was with Artie Lang. I used to open up for Artie Lang, like oh, six shit. years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, that, he was the first guy that like took me. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, something happened. I was, he was headlining at Caroline's, all sold out shows. And then his opener, I forgot who it was, just couldn't make it one day. And mm-hmm. I was just there watching Artie Lang. And Louis Ferranda, the owner of Caroline's, was like, Chris is going to open for you. And he was like, yeah, fine, whatever. So I opened, I you know, I wasn't supposed to, and I had a good enough set where Artie was like, I'm gonna take you with me. So we like really bonded. Wow. Yeah, while while oh now, you know, while Artie was pr- clean. He was clean. He wasn't right. he wasn't you right. know, he didn't have his relapse yet. Now he's in rehab and he's doing better. But the, that was like clean Artie and I was like a part of it. It was like great. Like he I would like pick his brain and it was like so cool. vintage Artie Lang, like yeah. all together, all there, yeah. no drugs, just like giving me advice. And like people, I noticed like he would get mobbed wherever he goes. He gets fucking mobbed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because of the Howard Stern shit and just him being arty. And he stops and takes pictures or gives everybody in his. He gives everybody at least five seconds of his time, which is like, oh, that's that's pretty short. But it's like it's not because a lot of times that's people a lot just. Of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. But it's like it's not. He'll be like, oh hi, how are you? Would you like a picture? Boom. Take wow. the picture and then it's over. And then the, and then by then five ten seconds have went by mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. But what he told me was, like, you give five seconds of your time 
to someone who's, who notices your work and stops yeah. you in the street, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're a fan for life. No matter what, yeah. they're never yeah, going to yeah, turn yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Not, where if you do the opposite, yeah. if you say, fuck it, I don't have five seconds to give you, right. you're going to lose them for life. For, for life. For yeah, life. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter what yeah. you do because a common person will say, oh, I met that guy once. He was an uh-huh. asshole. Where on the flip side, if you're like, oh, I met that guy once. He was so nice. They're going to buy tickets right. to your show and buy your shit. So those are the three like things that it's had, the a, had a major Again. impact on my life. But now I'm selling out comedy clubs, so don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sells out, like sells one ticket. Yeah, <laughs> like, sells one ticket. I'm like, bye, fuck it, fuck all the advice. It all just comes back to the likability thing. Like, just that's it. You just gotta get people to like you. I'm telling you, you it's what it is. It's about, and that's just a life rule. Just be likable. That's true. It's a life. It's like there's no reason for you to be an asshole. If you're being an asshole, it's because your own ego and your right. own bullshit. Right, right. It's the same thing in stand up. Yeah. Just if you're if you're yelling at the crowd mm-hmm. and you're like, you guys don't get me mm-hmm. these jokes are too cerebral you're not smart enough no it's it's you stupid yeah. it's the comedian yeah, 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 okay yeah. don't blame it on the audience you right. fucking dummy you're um, an egotistical maniac you know who i'm talking about yeah we all know who Chris we is all know who about. it is um, um those so those four clips all had something in common okay what, let me let, me, guess let the, me try to figure it out the theme of today's okay episode. let's guess the theme Chris Redby had his bit, Tanya. Yes. Cristela Alonzo were flying with a Jewish boyfriend. Yes. David Tell was traveling. This is and pretty. And <laughs> Kyle Kinane's bit was God of Thunder. I shouldn't give you the titles. <laughs> so the, the, the common theme here. Pancakes. Yeah. The common theme here, Tanya flying with a Jewish boyfriend, travel, <laughs> God of Thunder. Sky, Nate, flying. Flying. There Fly, you go. Flying. Sky. In the sky. Clouds. Chrissy Clouds. Chrissy Clouds, Chrissy the clouds. second episode, staying up with Chris Stefano. And I and it was a doozy. We crushed another one. You can, yeah, and you you know, stand up with Chris Stefano. We'll be here every week talking about stand up, listening to stand up, inside stand up, tips for stand up, tips for stand up. I learned a lot this week. Thank you. so I much, I learned a lot. Chris. We're gonna do yeah. We're gonna do one we're day. Gonna we're gonna do, do a live lives. episode from yeah. Nicole's childhood home. Yes. And it's gonna be great. We're gonna interview your Burbank, parents. Burbank, California. Yes. Burbank, California. We can find my script in the toilet. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. I get broken up with a lot. It's okay. Usually by text message. I said it was okay. Most recent time I got broken up with in a text message, I had terrible food poisoning. Okay? So I was sitting at home dealing with my food poisoning. All right? So I was sitting on the toilet and my ankle buzzed. My ankle buzz, man, was that's where my phone is, went to my pocket and my pants are down, all right? So like... I just don't want you to be confused going forward. So my ankle was shaking, all right? So I had to answer my ankle. Grab my, grab my ankle, grab my phone, flipped it open, because that liberal arts degree turned out real well. So I flipped open my phone and read the text message and it said, I don't love you. I don't think I ever loved you. I don't think I could ever love you. It's over. What? (laughs) Now I feel like I've lost everything. Because not only do I have terrible diarrhea, (laughs) but a complete stranger just broke up with me. This is a raw number. I don't know who this is. But then I text her back like, babe, we can make this work, all right? Like, you just... Just believe in us. Who are you? This has been a Comedy Central podcast.